0: Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And listen, there's a lot of uh, so called ex WWE writers that are on podcasts. You hear them all the time. And maybe they work for the WWE for a few months, five months, six months, maybe a year. Uh, some of them are writer's assistants. Some of them were in charge of getting Vince coffee. But today, I have got the ex former senior vice president of creative, the head of Raw for 10 years, Brian Gewurz, is here. That's right. He was the head of WB Creative for years, head writer. Writer, senior vice president of creative, wrote so many angles, worked closely with Vince, Triple H, Stephanie. He spent 12 years in WWE creative and is sharing some of his more memorable stories, including the time he had to go to wrestler's court with Edge and Christian. Uh, a ridiculous story when you think about it, especially in this day and age. Brian also works closely with The Rock to this day. He originally left the WWE to go work for The Rock's production company, Seven Bucks Productions, but you'll hear how he first met The Rock and how that meeting ended up landing Brian a job at WWE, one of my favorite writers I've ever worked with, Uh, came up with so many great things, including uh, Edging Christian's five-second pose Uh, he's also talking about Roddy Piper, one of his favorite wrestlers of all time, and the Piper's Pit he did with Hot Rod and Stone Cold Steve Austin for WrestleMania 21 Brian's got favorite celebrity guest hosts from his days writing Raw and SmackDown and what it was like spending the day with Mike Tyson it's going to be one of your favorite episodes, I guarantee it Brian is a great guest with so many ridiculous stories about what it was like to be on the inside of the WWE WWE for 12 years. He uh, is going to blow your mind, I guarantee it. And we're going to get to Brian, but first we want to talk about the new collector's edition DVD and Blu ray of The Resurrection of Jake the Snake, the documentary that's been uh, burning up the charts. Uh, It just came out, and Diamond Dallas Page put so much extra work into the DVD release of this amazing documentary. You are going to want to pick this up, even if you've already seen the film. I did. I love the film, and I love the bonus features. Over 20 bonus features, including a commentary track narrated by Dallas, Jake, and director Steve Yu. And this is one of the best documentaries you'll see, whether you're a wrestling fan or not, uh, to see Jake Roberts battle back from certain death. He was on the death pool for, for a lot of us for a long time. But he battled back, and he reclaimed his life, his family, and his career. It's very, very inspirational. It's a powerful story about redemption and second chances. And you can get the collector's edition of The Resurrection of Jake the Snake now at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. And if you use my promo code Y2J. You can get 10% off anything you buy for a limited time. But hey, we're going to hook up one lucky winner right now. If you want to win a free copy of the Collector's Edition Blu-ray, tweet Resurrection of Jake the Snake Blu-ray to at Talk is Jericho and at Real DDP and use the hashtag DDP Yoga. I'm going to choose one random winner. You have to see this documentary whether you're a wrestling fan or not. It is inspiring. It is heartwarming. It's inspirational. It's riveting. Uh, you got to check it out. And then you got to check out DDP Yoga and the DDP Yoga Now app. Try that for yourself. If you want to get on the best fitness program I've ever been in my entire life, in the best shape I've ever been in because of DDP Yoga, and I want to share this with you, the Sexy Beast listeners of Talk is Jericho, go check out ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. That's ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Get a special deal just for you. Get in the best shape of your life and learn all about what it's like to take control of your mind and body and do it now.
1: I I am disgusted with the sight of my face and the sound of my voice, so I will never listen to this, but
0: <laughs> And that is the best intro of all time yeah. for uh Brian Gewurz, or as Steve Austin would say, Brian Gewurz. the one of the most mispronounced and misspelled last names. Yeah. I still have to look it up if I'm gonna write your name when I'm texting you.
1: Yeah, well Gerwitz is the you know, common you know, so it's, it's Gerwitz. It's, it's not that. Oh, it's, it's not. It's Gerwitz. Right. But everyone, yeah, everyone gets it wrong. It doesn't, it, you know, who cares? It doesn't matter.
0: But this is this is a, a monumental uh, uh, chat here because, as a lot of people know, a lot of people don't know, you were the, give me the official term, the head writer, head of creative.
1: Head- I was the third most powerful Jew in wrestling for at least a dozen years.
0: <laughs> Behind?
1: Behind maybe Donna Goldsmith, the... Uh, the I think she was you know one of the, the head C right head or something CEO like that. Of, right. yeah and Howard Finkel <laughs>
0: even so so Finkel's higher than Paul Heyman yeah <laughs> so Finkel's got a lot of pull as yeah. as, as a Jew in the company oh no. I never knew Howard was a Jewish guy
1: oh yeah he's Jewish I guess it makes sense right I I mean I yeah as far as I know he is.
0: You know, I just see him when I was a giant goatee. <laughs> That's his attempt to be hip for the last fifteen years. You know.
1: Oh, it's working. But, but, so, but, you
0: were the head of creative. Is that? Is that no,
1: yeah, I was. I was the. Well, I was hired as a writer mm-hmm. when there was only other one writer on staff at the time, Tommy Blacha, mm-hmm. our friend, right? And then um, it was made head writer in two thousand two, um, and then ultimately was. SVP of the writing department, senior vice president. Yeah. Okay. Um, which, yeah, that was that was um, a lot of uh, a lot of responsibility, and uh, probably shouldn't have taken that job.
0: Would what, what, just quickly, what did that entail, the senior vice president? Of-
1: well, it, it just entailed a lot of management stuff that.
0: Um, oh, okay, so now you're not even just worried about the creative. You're doing a lot of management. Managing. Yeah,
1: a lot of you know meeting, talking about you know t-shirt designs and who will be on the banners at SummerSlam and WrestleMania and Wow, yeah, all that type of stuff. Which you know, getting more into the corporate side of things. Going, yeah, going to you know uh, board meetings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just I want to just you know write Funaki jokes. Like <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: So then, then did you go higher than that after SVP of Creative?
1: No, in fact, um, uh, I'm trying to. I, I'm trying to even remember, but like I, ultimately, I was. I think as SVP of Creative, I was supposed to find a head writer to replace me. Okay. And I couldn't, or didn't. Mm. I don't know what. I don't remember which one it was. So I just, you know, at that point, it was like, or which one do you want to do? I'm like, well, I'd rather. am listen. I'd just rather be a writer. Um, so I went just back to being VP of the writing team. I hired a new SVP to sort of oversee the department, um, and then ultimately, you know, 13 years into the job or something like that, um, I wanted to. I just, you know, there's, there's only so many places you can go on the writing team mm-hmm. in WWE. It's not like it's not like Hollywood where a, uh, you know, you get a staff position and then you become a co-executive producer and then you get a development deal somewhere and then you write a pilot and then you're show running, you know, you can write this movie and yeah, do
0: this show. And it's yeah. like,
1: you're sort of, you know, you're w- within the realm of WWE and moving up the ladder and everything. It's pretty much done all I could do. Right. Sure. Um, and then I became a creative consultant. Well, it's a, it's a long story, but it, it uh, Yeah, I read that I was I read that I was fired in 2012 um, Which was news to me Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the case mm-hmm. I, You know, I have a great Relationship, you know, with Vince and Steph And everything, and I just, you know, I had wanted to Branch well, ba- out And basically
0: what, one of the things that branched out is, is You were always kind of the Rock's personal writer And became a big part of Rock's
1: yeah. I mean, business we always now. Yeah, we always, you know got along great from the beginning. He's he's the reason why I was even hired in the first place. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Well, I mean, that's the whole the whole story of of that was you know how I came to be, I guess, in WWE was there was a series of specials on MTV in the summer of 99. Um and my sister was who would eventually go on to like win 3 Emmys at MTV. She was an intern back then. Um said, "Hey, they need a writer." For these SummerSlam specials, and mm. there's no one at MTV. Everyone's too cool at MTV to, you know, know who Gangrel is. So we need you. <laughs> you know, we need you to, uh, you know, would you want to write some samples? And I did. Our friend Rick Ernst, he's the one, who, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, was producing at myself. MTV, right? Mm-hmm. And he, they hired me for that, and then because uh, I was in between sitcom gigs out in LA, and then there was uh, there was one particular day. That was the superstars critique their favorite music videos, which, of course, they hadn't seen any of this stuff. So you just had to write in their voice. So it was Triple H, uh, Mick Foley, and then Rock. And so, yeah, the Triple H one didn't go great. (laughs) Because it was Triple H in China. They didn't tell me China was going to come. I should have anticipated it. Sure, of course. They were but the first thing the out of it was like, oh, I guess they didn't write anything for you. I'm like, no, I guess they didn't. I didn't say that. Yeah, right. you were sure. <laughs> but right. that was the, you know, like, you know, so that was okay. Mm-hmm. Mick, I had met once before. We had the same college professor, actually. Okay. So, you know, we had kind of known each other through him. And so that was a lot of fun. And then, yeah, Rock One was great. I mean, we just hit it off right off the start. He's like, um, He's like, wow, you really captured the voice really well. Do you ever consider writing for WWE? I was like, well, no. I don't even know how that works. Uh, he's like, yeah, well, let me uh, and he, like put in a word with the WWE officials there and stuff. Um, and then the next thing I know, I got a call saying, hey, uh, would you want to come in for an interview in Stanford? I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Mm. No designs are really ever like uprooting from LA to come to New York, although I wanted to come back to New York because I am from New York and right. was kind of a little kind of wary of the West Coast at that point point. Um, and then they said okay here's how it's going to work you're going to come into Stanford you're going to meet with uh, HR then you're going to interview with Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara the two writers at the time then you're going to meet with Shane McMahon then you're going to meet with Vince and Linda McMahon mm. that was the itinerary of the whole of the day of the day wow yeah and you know I did I did that and terrible, terrible interviews yeah. Just awful
0: How was your meeting with Vince?
1: That was the only one that was really, really good
0: And that's the only one that matters Yeah, exactly <laughs> Well, Because let me just, just so people know When you came in as a writer I mean, like you mentioned Russo But this was just the early days of actually having writers Yeah It was not like, you know, now we have teams of writers And there's a home team and a away team And there's 10, 12 We went to Brooklyn last week And there was probably 25 writers
1: Yeah, as a cast of thousands
0: Yeah, cast of thousands At that point in time, there was two and you would be number three it was vince and ed and then you were coming around basically
1: sort of yeah i mean was, i did the interview and had, again it was a great interview with vince i told him the story of uh i don't know why i would even mention this to him but we used to have royal rumble pools in college mm-hmm. like 15 of us would each pick two names out of a hat yeah and some poor soul picked well and done remember the tag team well done. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: i worked with them for tons
1: yeah so I told I don't know what I just told Vince that story. He's like, ha, ha, he's not winning, you know. And we just like really, you know. I think he saw the fandom, the genuine. And fandom. that's the thing
0: too. People like you, over the years, you've been persecuted as being like a comic book nerd, but you yeah. are a big time wrestling fan. Yeah, and worse from a young age all the way till now.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I had, um, you know, I, I had to have two Roddy Piper LGN action figures because you could scrape the shirt off of. You know, you know the one It comes with a hot rod shirt yeah, on it. But yeah, if you yeah. took a nickel and scraped the shirt off, it's skin. It's skin color.
0: Oh. So you have to have
1: one for the matches gotcha. and one for the interviews. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I was a kid, I had, a, I had a 10 stormtroopers, uh-huh. right? And my cousin, my cousin Lee, he hated it because he's like, how come you have so many stormtroopers? I only have one, but I asked for more stormtroopers every Christmas because you can't just have one stormtrooper. You have to have a whole yeah, arm out of them. And he resented me to this day. <laughs> and about two weeks ago, he sent me a picture of 40 stormtroopers. said, <laughs> so, look who's winning now. Mother-
1: well, well <laughs> put you in your place. Yeah. But that's the thing. So you had to have yeah, two. Yeah. I had to Pipers. have two yeah. Um, a big Piper poster in my bedroom and everything. Is that your favorite guy? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I would, you know, Typical wise-ass Long Island guy, you know, cheering for the heels and everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. I went, I was at the MSG show where he beat up Bruno San Martino. I was, like, cheering for that. You know, my friend's parents were appalled and everything else like that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he was my favorite. And then, I, uh, you know, I went to, in college, we took road trips uh, to WrestleMania 10 at the Garden um, and 11 in Hartford. Okay. We sat with Craig Kilborn at WrestleMania 11 in the literally the last row of the Hartford Civic Center. <laughs> That's where WrestleMania 11 was in Hartford. Yeah, oh, that was always such a shitty. Uh, yeah, time. Well, our friend, I, we had a college friend who worked at ESPN. He had graduated. Uh, okay. from Syracuse, and then uh, so he brought him along. Okay, but well, crowd
0: reaction wise, Hartford was always oh, a, it was a t- brutal type of thing, right? Yeah,
1: and then um, we went to WrestleMania. We had moved out to LA after graduating, so we were out in Anaheim. Uh, and okay, went to WrestleMania 12 as well
0: for the Iron Man match. Yeah, for the Iron right. Man match. So you had your wrestling pedigree.
1: Yeah, right. yeah, I I and, and I ironically stopped reading comic books in
0: 1983, but <laughs> I didn't stop. So I'm more of a comic book, comic book nerd, because I stopped at about 87, I think.
1: No, yeah, the, well, the problem was one one time Hurricane invited me uh, to join him and Raven uh, touring DC and stuff like that.
0: Touring DC I, Comics? Yeah,
1: yeah, which was cool. I didn't know it, who any of these people were and everything, but it was a really cool experience, and we got all the swag and of course as like a poser that i am i started wearing it everything and then all of a sudden it's like uh <laughs> you captain comic book <laughs>
0: you're right right as opposed and so, plus as a jewish guy it's free clothes you yeah oh, of course them. you can't not wear them yeah i you don't know. know how
1: to put stuff on ebay i can't make a profit off <laughs> that's, it. I'm right, gonna, that's right that's I'm right wear it.
0: so well, let me ask you this. so when you you said you had a good um, uh, interview with fans you get the job what was it like for you when you first came into the company because like i said writers were not a thing
1: no, well, time. I didn't take the job at first. Oh, okay. Vince, you know, he kind of like, <laughs> you know, in his own way, we, you know, he smiled. He said, well, we'll make your own offer you can't refuse, and then you'll come work for us. But they didn't offer me a job. I mean, I don't know if it was, you know, Vince and Ed who didn't want another writer. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I certainly did not interview very well, so I wouldn't blame them mm-hmm. if uh, they didn't want to hire me. But, um I said to Shane, Shane asked me like, oh, why do you want to move back to the East Coast? And I'm like, well, it's almost impossible to find Mets games out in sports bars in L.A., <laughs> which is true. I don't know why I would say that, but it was. But that was my sure, criteria. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a Yankee fan, so yeah. I don't."
0: Really. Oh, strike.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Big strike. Yeah. But
1: they offered me a job at www.com. Hmm. Which uh, would be
0: an in uh, yeah, its infancy. Yeah, in its infancy.
1: And it's like, I'm not leaving a L.A. career to take a job at com. No disrespect to them. Sure. So I said, no, thanks. And then I, just right after that, I got a job writing on a Fox family show, the um, critically acclaimed Big Wolf on campus Ooh. that you might have heard of.
0: It's kind of a teen wolf type thing? Yeah, yeah. a
1: teenage werewolf who fights crime in his spare time. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. And then <laughs> in L.A., uh, I remember explicitly my, uh, my roommate at the time, a huge wrestling fan. He said to me, hey, did you hear, like, uh, Russo and Ferrara left WWF? Uh, and they don't right. they don't have anybody. And I'm like, believe me, I would have heard if something like that happened. And I went and shower when I got out of the shower. There was one message from HR at WWF saying, Brian, could you call us immediately, please? Um, wow. There's a situation that you might need to be appraised of right away. And then like, yeah, they're like, hey, you want to start? You want to start on TV? Go for it. You're kidding me. No. That's- so
0: basically when Russo left and once again, there was two guys. Yeah. So you basically came in ipso facto replacing him as the head quote unquote writer.
1: Well, I, you know, I came in, I think they left in October of 99. I started November 1st, 99. Right. And um, it was just, yeah, me and Tommy. Tommy was there. He had been there for a couple of weeks. Right. And that was it. I mean, me, Tommy, Vince and Shane were essentially writing the shows and stuff. Were you we
0: writing the shows at his house?
1: No, that was it. Was so weird. It's so much. It's so ridiculously different than it is now. Yeah. I mean, SmackDown would be written Tuesday morning in, you know, Vince's hotel room. Hmm. We'd all con- congregate into Vince's hotel room and, and you know put SmackDown down. And then I thought that's why like they moved me to Stanford because I thought we'd have to go into the office every day. Um, and then I found it's like uh, and this did not last long. But it was like uh, how do we do this? I asked Tommy like how do we what, what's the process here. He's like, oh, you write down your ideas and you go fax them to Vince and then you show up to TV and you see if he uses them. <laughs> like, that's it? Yeah. I'm like, what am I doing in Stanford, Connecticut then? So You could, yeah. be,
0: faxing just oh, yeah. you could be
1: faxing from anywhere. Going to Alpha Graphics in Stanford and <laughs> yeah, like right. giving them the ideas and then you're like, oh, I hope he uses them. Mm-hmm. What do I do the rest of the week? So yeah, then I moved into the city. I subletted my apartment in Stanford to Jonathan Goachman. Um, and then like sh- pretty much shortly there after that we were meeting in Stanford every week the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up? because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so, set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
0: I remember the first time I met you, I thought it was a fan that had come backstage, because you look very young, and you still do. Yeah, oh, You probably you. look like you're about 12 years old or 15 years
1: old. Well, that was, I mean... It was a very, very big culture shock thing because I'm pretty introverted as it is. Yeah, right. I'm not running up to people and, you know, shaking their hand and doing all this stuff that, you know, you're supposed to be doing. So did somebody tell you that? No, no, no one told me that. Okay. Because the only other writer was Tommy and he was brand new too. Right. You know, and and, and he was like, you know, really funny and cool and everything, but like he's certainly not like a, he's a WWF at the time veteran of like two or three weeks. So mm. it's not like uh you know, either of us really knew the locker room, you know, etiquette uh, or kit. anything like that. The
0: unwritten rule book that yeah. you have to
1: have. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I was like a just a scared child.
0: <laughs> so were you going around introducing yourselves to people or did you just happen to see me in the hallway? Do you remember this?
1: I, well, I know initially um, Stephanie was introducing me to people. Okay um she's very accommodating Introduced me to people like who is this child who is <laughs> now right. the writer Stephanie's of our show nephew or yeah. something yeah um and no i don't remember
0: okay i remember what, seeing you in the hallway and you just yeah. introduced yourself and say hey, i'm brian i'm the new writer and i was like you gotta be kidding me
1: <laughs> well know? i mean i probably i probably did take a little more initiative with the people that i was like
0: that you had watched or yeah I,
1: well i yeah. watched and be like I bet you I'll be friends with gotcha you
0: certain guys with the personalities yeah. for example, right?
1: Yeah, and that's I mean, that's how it started with, you know, edge and Christian and everything mm-hmm. um, You know all the same age basically obviously the same stuff. Yeah. Same sense of humor I knew rock and Mick, you know, and, and hunter from the MTV shoot and all that. So Yeah, but it was I had no idea How so much it was, heat.
0: did you get oh, so how much heat you were gonna get?
1: Yeah, no clue That's the biggest difference between then and now is, like, then if someone, like, someone, I remember someone saying, yeah, you got some heat. Or maybe Steph told me. I don't know. And I'm, like, like legitimately, like, but I'm delightful. <laughs> yeah. How could anybody just like me? <laughs> right. And then, like, and then now looking back, it's like, of
0: course. So how are you getting heat that you look back?
1: Well, I mean, there's this just the general, like – um who is this kid who's coming from Hollywood and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, especially the veterans, mm-hmm. especially when they see me, like, palling around with you or Edging Christian or Rock or something like that, and they're not getting used on TV, and it's like, I'm busting my ass, I t- t- totally understand where they're coming from, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm busting my ass, I'm, you know, I'm, t- I'm taking bumps, I'm a veteran in the business, and then some, like, 12-year-old looking... Idiot, comic with, book nerd. Yeah, who? I mean, at the time, oh my god, I want to just kill my. Like, I, I used to, I used to walk around with a yo-yo at one point, <laughs> and I don't even know how to do anything with the yo-yo. It's not like I'm um, like all of a sudden Doug Henning and like you know doing magic tricks and something with the yo-yo. I was like awful at it, but it's like oh, this would be this would uh, this will endear myself. Yeah, yeah. This to will make me the look Stone Cold's <laughs> and the Bob Hollies <laughs> in the locker room. This will make me look hip. Yeah, yeah. And then. Um, like here, like the typical like uh, like a typical like like this sort of like you know was sort of cemented like the situation, like I, I was talking with rock once, and we were doing a promo uh, he was doing a promo with triple H, and I came up I pitched the idea of like, hey, you know, like the infamous DX promo where they imitated the nation, right like why don't you imitate Hunter because at the time. Hunter, you know, was, was cutting these promos with a certain, you know, affectation in his voice where like every, what? well, every sentence would end with, in the ring, uh, I'm the best, uh, you know, and he doesn't do that now. It sounds like Martin Shortplay, What the hell
0: else you want to put in there.
1: And I just thought like, you know, that would be, as a baby face, that would be, you know, funny for Rock to, you know, call him out on. Yeah,
0: to spoof him. And yeah,
1: so Rock likes, and we put the promo together, and... He's like, all right, let's pitch it to Vince. And we go into um, Vince's office and uh, Hunter and all the DX are in there, which I didn't know at the time. Mm -hmm. And then Rock sets it up and is like, all right, Hunter, you're going to love this. Vince, you're going to love this. So, you know, he imitated me, you know. uh, So I go in the ring and you are cutting a long promo. I come in there. I look you in the eyes, Triple H. You know, The Rock noticed one thing about the way you talk. And then I look you in the eye and I take off my sunglasses and I say, Brian, do the voice. (laughs) (laughs) Bus thrown on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, "Um, well, you know, you are going to have to do it in the ring. (laughs) So perhaps you should do it so we could hear how that sounds. And then he was like, yeah, but you were doing it so funny backstage. Everybody was laughing. So now it was it's great.
0: just getting built up to um, where you have no chance.
1: Yeah, I think I literally, you know, saw the steam coming out of Paul's ears at the time. <laughs> um, yeah, and I did the voice. I mean, I did it in front of Vince, uh, Paul, Steph, all of DX, um, or obviously Rock. And, and Vince and Rock laughed their asses off, and they ended up doing it.
0: <laughs> and no one else did.
1: No, no, everyone else was like, I was, you know... <laughs>
0: Giving you the death stare. Yeah.
1: It was like, you know, reporting from <laughs> war torn Bosnia or something yeah, exactly like some horrific occasion. But yeah. Um but you know, it was it was you know, kinda Stuff like that of... um
0: Well, that led you to get in the heat where you actually got taken to wrestler's court. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> now, wrestler's court, it's not a... Th- what? I don't know if it's a thing anymore. Someone might have gotten taken to wrestler's court l- recently, but at the time, if somebody had done mm-hmm. some kind of a heinous crime, like maybe sat in first class yeah, when, you know, uh, Tony Gurria sat in the back, you would have to sit uh, in front of the whole company and get basically a trial.
1: Yeah, well... I mean, I don't know if it's verboten to speak of, but he, basically, you know, more or less, th- that damn trip to the DC Comics, I swear, I'm, I'm, I'm still it's paying for it. It's the second
0: time you've, uh, you've mentioned it.
1: Yeah, now. because I got the, you know, I, I, as a kid, I liked the Flash. That was, that was my guy. And Edge, <laughs> like, was, at, was doing a signing somewhere, and someone gave him a Flash thing. Um, and at the time, like, there was a death in his, in, in his extended family, and he had to leave the show so he's like, hey, man, I was going to give this to you later, but hey, someone gave me this at a signing. It's a flash figurine thing. Why don't you take it? And I think Bob Holly oversaw that.
0: I'm, I'm envisioning him like coming out of the shadows like Boba Fett
1: <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> and Empire Strikes Back.
1: <laughs> no disintegrations. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, yeah, myself... This was like literally the day, you know, conspiracy theorists. Uh, <laughs> like you would know that uh, it was the day after WrestleMania 17. Okay. After Rock left. Right. So my biggest advocate was gone. Yes. But it was in Oklahoma City. Um, I, I
0: remember I, Oklahoma City. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, I was told you Edge and Christian are going to Wrestlers Court. Who and told I, you that? I don't. I don't remember who told me. Okay. I don't know what it was. I expected Vince to be like, "No, you don't have to go to that." He's like, "Good luck, pal." Oh, so Vince knew about it. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, he's yeah.
0: probably consulted about yeah.
1: it. Probably, yeah. And and here's how here's how stupid I am. I I don't know. I don't remember who I talked to. Maybe it was Stephanie. I, I assumed it was like a tribunal of sorts. Mm-hmm. So they're like, bring beer and pizza. You're gonna wanna, you know, appease. The people judging you. She told you to bring beer, pizza? Uh, yeah. Or someone did. I think she did. Because
0: I think, I don't know if it was for your one, but Undertaker was always the judge. Yeah, she was. Right. He was and there you'd too. usually to, if you were sentenced, you would have to pay him with alcohol.
1: Yeah, but this wasn't even, for the, this was just to appease the court. Okay. So I found, I know I just ran up, you know, I found a six pack and a, and a single box of pizza. And one six pack? Yeah, one, one six pack. <laughs> one box of pizza. Plain. And then, I kind of just sauntered in, thinking there'd be five people in. And it's every single worker, wrestler, referee, diva, agent, every single the whole crew. Yeah, if 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 catering was in there, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, right, like right, right. literally every single person in the company was in there. Um, and yeah, the three of us went on trial. Um, so who was the who was the prosecutor? JBL, of course. Of course. Yeah. John and John uh, JBL was like, you know, we're, we're taking Edge and Christian and Brian uh, Gerwitz to trial. And again, it just completely idiotically. I don't remember this. The first thing I said was, well, my last name is pronounced good words, So if we're going to do the sham of a trial, the least you could do is get my name right. Thinking, <laughs> oh, boy, they're going to uh, they're going to pop for this. <laughs> <laughs> Crick cats. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Tough crowd.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then um but Adam and Jay, you know, they're they're smartened up to. And by the way, I'm coming in with my single six-pack of beer and which, pizza. Which is even more of an insult. Yeah, just yeah. completely completely yeah. like it's better to not have anything.
0: Like if you would have come in with like grocery carts full of beer, yeah. they would be okay, this guy's got some
1: Got some, yeah, got some this kid kids got moxie. Yeah, but yeah.
0: one six pack is like, like this, this asshole.
1: idiot. <laughs> yeah, we're going to split
0: six beer amongst <laughs> yeah, forty-eight amongst, people. Yeah, More
1: than that. <laughs> yeah, um, and then yeah, I mean it's like. <laughs> so what were you? What were you accused of? I was accused of accepting gifts from Edge and Christian for TV time. Oh, so that, were, because that was the that was the, the inciting uh, Yeah, yeah. there was also a rumor that when we had a show in Long Island that I took Edge and Christian to my parents' house and we all had dinner together, <laughs> which was not true. Right. But, I mean, uh, not like I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Um, at one point I said, if it pleases the court, I'd like to call my mother as a character witness. Again, like, ha <laughs> <Yeah>? Huh? <laughs> like, everybody just... Is
0: this thing one?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was... Yeah. Oh, my God. And Edge and Christian are... Like they came up with like they a, like a mock book of like how to kiss ass and you know right.
0: I remember they had some gimmicks where they played it off and it was really funny.
1: Yeah, they they were. Let like, me consult
0: this book: how to kiss JBL's ass when he's or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah.
1: Everyone like roaring with laughter. And plus, they're the they're two
0: of the boys as yeah, well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, who had a modicum of respect.
1: Of course, yes. Yeah, um, not so much. I think. I think. At the time, it might have uh, – Bob Holly, Sean Wallman, they, I think they had to be physically restrained by Kane, the bailiff, at one point. It got, like, really ugly.
0: Because it was – I remember, what, what was Bob yelling at you? Like, I ain't got no – what did you say? Like, I got no TV time or something like that? So,
1: so, uh, I don't know. I mean, listen. Oh,
0: you got nothing for me? Or you got any ideas? I got an idea. How about I become the champion?
1: No, one that was – that was well, that was one thing, yes. Like, when the, when the boys were encouraged to come up with storylines and stuff. I got one of them TV ideas for you. Like, oh, what's that? But I win the title. Yeah, that's good. Um, lots of twists and turns. <laughs> yeah. Lots of uh, direct. Yeah, to to yeah. It's it's got a beginning and a middle and an end. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, like, I respect Bob because he, he, there's so much in the in the wrestling business of, as you know, of like, oh, hey, buddy, how's it going? Everything's going yes. great and all that. And then oh, that guy, son yes. of a bitch. and like, and you know, Bob had an issue. He brought it up and he said yeah. it. I went after I went to afterwards and like hey are we cool now? No. <laughs> but but eventually I think I think we were. I mean, again, I, like I respected that, but uh and you know,
0: Perry was on it because he didn't shake his hand. Oh god.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, I don't want to... Uh,
0: no, but he was like, you know, the, the, the thing in wrestling, like you said earlier, the unwritten rules, you're yeah. supposed to shake somebody's hand shake hands. every so, single time. Right,
1: so he was like, he he came in here like 422 times, and he only shook my hand like 212 of those times and stuff. <laughs> And so, like, when I was telling that story, to, you know, every time I did that imitation, it just got more and more ridiculous. Yeah, right, right. And then, then he took a wombat and he sold it at a flea market and he didn't even tell us what he made off of it. Yeah. You're welcome. And that literally, that's how that character kind of
0: came oh, right All right, the moppy and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah not right.
1: as punishment, just because it was kind of like it kind of stemmed off of that. Trial, and then, you know, yeah. Perry, to his credit, you know, took it and just ran with it. Sure. to To alarming levels, I yeah. think, ultimately. Yeah.
0: I think he thought it was a rib, and he's like, if they're going to ribs me, I'll show them. And then they got it over. Yeah. Moppy. He was great.
1: Yeah. There's Moppy t-shirts out <laughs> yeah, there. There was.
0: Yeah. Probably one of the lower sellers, but still. Well, still. Yeah. But but so what was the final, uh, the final verdict?
1: Well, you know, again, it, well, there was a couple other... I mean by the way uh, I mean I joke about it now I was not I mean I I became so upset afterwards like anyone who testified against me like, uh, at one point, like, I saw Kurt. Kurt Angle was shaking his head, like, oh, this is really too far. And JBL mm-hmm. was like, oh, well, perhaps Mr. Angle would like to say something on the uh, defense's behalf. And, like, oh, thankfully, go ahead, Kurt. Tell him how great. And Kurt just shook his head, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting <gonna laughs> to You hold, son of a bitch. And then, yeah, I remember, like, Taz said something. It was like, I only, the only time I, I worked Sunday Night Heat was when Edge and Christian hosted. That was back when it was in New York. So I took my Tash shirt when I was home in my apartment and (laughs) stuffed it down the incinerator. (laughs) How dare you? And then, you know, and Paul said something that just killed me, too. Trip? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Paul Heyman. Oh, what did he say? uh, He. Well, believe it or not, I think I might have said something to Paul at one point that a half truth was kind of taken and then blown up because Paul, you know, he he was the first one to actually take me around and tell me no you have to shake everyone's hand right and i really you know i did really appreciate that it was you know paul and i would would argue it was like kind of like the sheepdog and the coyote kind of <laughs> like fighting all day and then checking out and see you tomorrow yeah, yeah yes, <laughs> see you tomorrow yeah.
0: see you tomorrow earth
1: but i said something to him like like all right let me get this straight so if i see um kai and tai and sa rios and i see them and i do the nod of recognition hello And I say, hey man, how's it going? Yeah, good. Okay, see you later. I still have to shake their hands. Like you physically have to do that act. You can't just greet them. Like that and that will be a way to be accepted in the business and stuff like that. And then that turned into (laughs) that turned into. He asked me, why do I have to shake Funaki's (laughs) hand if I want to get ahead in the business? Like, oh, Oh my God! It's like,
0: Everyone's ganging up on you.
1: Yeah, and, and then Pat came in late, and Pat assumed Pat Patterson assumed because it's wrestling court that it was just a, a fun right. hoot nanny. and so he, you know, and he didn't realize that there was actual real heat going on. So he just barges. You know, Pat, you don't care. He yeah. just barges yeah, yeah, in. Yeah. Goes, this little shit. He changes my finishes all the time. <laughs>
0: Just endearing you even yeah, more JBL's to the like, girl. how long have
1: you been in the business, Mr. Patterson? 50 years. How long have you been, Mr. Gerwitz? Two. <laughs> Weeks. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, and then for the, fir- <laughs> for the first time in my life, because I gave like a big impassioned speech at the end of it.
0: Yeah, you got right into it.
1: Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I said, like, listen, you know, I know I've made some mistakes and, you know, I, I- – but i 'm honestly trying to you know work for everybody and trying to you know get everybody over and i don 't know some yeah, it was very, it's very very genuine yeah, it absolutely was. you know and I was like shaking, yeah, I asked Jack Lanza for a cigarette afterwards i'd never smoked a cigarette in my life. I smoked one after that <laughs> <laughs> trial, and then you know take her we fe- we were found guilty um even though I wasn't getting, you know, Christian Edge and Christian airtime for the gifts, yeah. you know, but you know that's what you're think supposed was to
0: do. It really a fair trial, so yes. to speak. Yeah.
1: Um, and he, you know, I mean, obviously Taker's the man. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, he asked, he had me write an essay on why I respect the business. Really? Yeah. Which I legitimately wrote and everything, wow. and, and handed it in and gave it to him, and he read it, and you know, it was. It was it was a surreal experience, you know, being the only writer in a sea of, I think I think Stunko walked out in the middle of it. <laughs> just well, like, he probably had enough. Like this is stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that was that was kind of a. Uh,
0: you know, did 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 it, did yeah, it surprise right. you at all, or how did you feel coming from a Hollywood background, mm-hmm. where I mean, let's be honest, the wrestling business is a very strange one with a lot of, you know, high school esque. Political weirdness that I mean, True. you mean? No, know, if you could, if this happened like on set, you could sue somebody. <laughs> probably, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, th- there were. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of potential lawsuits that <laughs> could have happened. I mean, I mean, I I took a double took a double second double uh, a top rope power bomb from Bubba Dudley once. What? Why? Again, something that will. Well, first of all, you know, Shane coolest man alive mm-hmm. um he we yeah, used to have a ring in the studio where we'd work um and he thought the writers you know at the time now there were maybe four of us should kind of take some bumps to um kind of experience you know what the boys experience and everything
0: legit uh, idea
1: yeah totally you know yeah and then of course you know after- i'm
0: thinking a body slam
1: maybe yeah <laughs> right yeah well running the ropes mm-hmm. and you know taking a flat back was like five minutes in, and like, I'm nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to sit down. And I was, and it was; it was so pathetic. Right. Um, but one, there's the only time I think in history that SmackDown was uh, snowed in. Do you remember that?
0: I mean, Baltimore. Yes. Yeah.
1: SmackDown was snowed in. Uh, the show was canceled, and again, it was just me and Tommy at that point. And I saw Tommy was in the ring taking a suplex. <laughs> so, like you know. I'm hanging out, put, put, putting putting the yo yo down for a second. Um, going to <laughs> <Triangle>. the triangle. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even do that. I'm yeah. um, like, oh, what's going on? He's like, Shane's like, yeah, we're taking, we're doing, we're having some fun. Well, What's up? And then Bubba and Devon were in there and he's like, let's do a powerbomb. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. Like, um, so, like, now the boys are kind of gathering around the ring and everything. I can't, like, chicken out. So I'm like, yeah, yeah let's do a power bomb. Um, and again, like today, never in a million years would they let one of the writers
0: untrained Oh, completely
1: untrained five minutes of nausea inducing running the ropes. Yeah. Um, which feels like when you first do it, like you're getting hit
0: in the ribs with a baseball bat. Yeah. Just for people that never run the ropes. It's not easy.
1: No, that's, that's the biggest misconception. I think like from a, from a common fan perspective to just, first of all, like just how hard the ring is. Mm -hmm. Because as a kid, you you think you're going. Oh, I'm gonna! I'd love to go in the ring, and it'll be like a big bouncy. Circus right, the ropes tent. will
0: be like elastic bands. Yeah, and the, and the ring will be like a trampoline.
1: Because all you know is from your L G N ring, you know, toy set and yeah. everything. Yeah. And like you have no idea, and it's like looks so much fun. I'm like, this is just ground with a canvas over it, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so like, yeah, Bubba, you know, Devon lifted me up, Bubba, you know, protected me the whole time. I if think
0: Bubba's sitting did. on the top rope. Yeah! Wow! Yeah. So this is not just a power bomb. No, this is this not. This is a. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, I think his his ass probably took the majority of the bump. In yeah, you're right,
0: um, but still, you don't know that at the time. No
1: idea. And then, literally two seconds before he jumps off, Shane's like, "Tuck your head in." <laughs> I'm like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> tuck your?" And then we're jumping, uh-huh. and I did tuck my head in, right? And then, yeah, that sort of you know that moment. And I always describe it as like people like, "Oh, what did it feel like?" I'm like, to me, it felt like you know that scene in Home Alone when Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci go like through five floors of the house <laughs> yeah. down to the <laughs> right to the basement. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what it felt like. But it was kind of exhilarating.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's funny. I told that story to Seth Green when he hosted because he was you know going to take a bump. Yeah. But as I'm telling it, I didn't realize that Macaulay Culkin is in the room with us. <laughs> Cause he's his buddy and everything. was <laughs> me. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Seth was like, Hey, you were in that movie, weren't you? Um, but yeah, it was like, you, you felt like, uh, I mean, I was like, that was, that hurt. And I, then wind was knocked out of me and that was awesome. And I'm never doing that again. <laughs> right.
0: But you know, what was what, what I thought was cool about that? Cause I remember the trial of specifically, I remember calling you from a pay phone and i don't know why maybe i didn't have my cell phone or whatever i remember we talked about the the trial yeah how angry you were about it but you know what happened was you gained a lot of respect from that yeah to where people like you know he's because i think there's a lot of sympathy towards like like you said enough already but you took it like a man and that for all of us it happened to me too you have to earn that respect but once you get it you're part of the team, part of the family.
1: Yeah, it was a rite of passage. It sure, really it really was. And
0: even taking that bump as well, like you yeah, know, that makes you like, oh, he's 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 one of the brothers now. You well, know?
1: Yeah, you know, it really easily, you know, and believe me, it, you know, in that one act of, you know, spur of the moment, it was like, should I just like storm out of here? Pack well, that's my what a lot of people and never would come do. Back? Yeah, right. But like, you know what? You know, again, everything, you know, we put in perspective. um... You know it could be a learning experience and you can grow from that and get something positive out of it right and yeah it, it totally was and you know eventually i did i mean like you know bob holly and i aren't you know going bowling next week and everything but you know much better it was like much better relationship after that wrestlers court yeah um and same with a lot of people
0: you mentioned before the the, the moppy thing uh what were some of the other kind of the funny gimmicks that you wrote and some of the funny bits that you had that were along those lines
1: well, I mean, my favorite stuff. I mean, obviously, a lot of it, too, was complete collaboration. I mean, and that, and that's another thing, too. It's like, well, I'll we get into that later.
0: Well, the, the point being is you're not writing something. And to this day, I still have to deal with this. Yeah. Where I was in, we were in Brooklyn last week. Like I said, some guy, God bless him. I'd never seen him before in my life. Mm-hmm. Hands me a sheet of paper and said, here's your promo. i like, dude, every time, as, just as a joke, I crumpled up and threw it back at the guy. Because yeah. that's not how you work. You sit down, you and me, me and Ed, me and Dave, mm-hmm. me and uh, Jimmy Jacobs, who's a writer now. What's the tone? What are we talking about? How about this? How about this? How about this? You, like you said, you're co cool writing a song.
1: Yeah, well, that's
0: very important.
1: And, and that's, you know, there's. I think there's a misconception. Um, I mean, among some people, that. You know, they hire these soap opera writers and they come in and they think they know what they're doing and they hand guys pieces of paper and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And they, because they want to impose their will and make their imprint and everything else. Right. When, when people, I think, are handing you – again, I haven't, you know, been in the grind for like a year – well, a little more than that because I was on the home team for a couple of years. But when people are handing you a piece of paper, I don't think it's out of like, hey, say my words. I right. think it's we came out of this meeting. Vince approved this. Here's what we got. Yeah. But – I mean, and that's always been my philosophy. Is the best promos are always, like I said, sitting down, right, collaborating. Like, hey, if if I'm going to hand you a piece of paper, it's going to be, hey, listen, this is my first take on this. Sure, so this take is the it first draft. Yes, yeah. take it, Jericho it up, mm-hmm. give me your thoughts. You want to get rid of all of it? That's cool. If you want to keep some of it, that's cool let's take this, let's meet. You got your you know, you go over your match and everything, let's meet at two thirty or whatever it is and let's really put yeah, this to put the test. So I mean that's really the best way to do it. Sometimes, you know, especially now I'd imagine with the three hours and everything, you know, the time crunch happens and you'd love to, you know, circumvent that by, you know, giving it the night before, which sometimes you try to do, but as you know in those production meetings you know, a lot of things you know Vince could render his it mind completely. And, moves yeah. around and but all the the best things were always like, like obviously me, Edge, and Christian. Five second pose stuff, benefit of flash photography, all that stuff was the three of us sitting down and coming up with crazy things. I mean, my like personal like I love doing that. Coming up with stuff with Rock, obviously, was great. Coming up with stuff with you was great. I love. I mean, I always had like these little pet projects, like when. Raw and SmackDown split. It was a great, I think, rib on me, I thought, because they split the rosters, and all of my guys were on SmackDown. It's like Rock's on SmackDown, Jericho's on SmackDown, Kurt's on SmackDown, Edge, Christian, everyone's on SmackDown. And on Raw is all the people that I... (laughs) Like, all right, so we got Triple H and Scott Steiner and Bob Holly and you know JBL, Steve, Steve yeah. yeah. I remember that split, yeah. So I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to be the lead writer of SmackDown. They got to do that, right? All my guys are on SmackDown. All of Paul's guys, Paul Heyman's guys are on Raw. So great, let's do that. And then, you know, Paul, you're going to be heading SmackDown. Brian, you're going to be heading Raw.
0: And neither one of you wanted to do that show
1: well initially yeah. yeah i mean i mean i always i always love as you do too, probably the rush of raw mm-hmm. live yeah. yeah i always I compared it to you know i'll nerd out for a second here but like you know the scene an empire strikes back when you know uh they're invading on hoth and it's like raw is Han Solo and Leia and Chewbacca trying to get to the Falcon. Yeah, yeah
0: running and you know, it's collapsing behind. Yeah, you. the tunnels the, collapsing. Burgers yeah. the
1: entered the base, you know, and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. And then SmackDown's kind of like Luke, chilling, about to, you know, <laughs> like yeah, we got to hit Dagobah at some point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, I guess Start we'll stop for some burgers yeah. first. Yeah. Um, but that's why you know on Raw the first thing I did when we split when they split the Browns was I gravitated to Booker and Goldust. Oh, what a great com-
0: comedy team uh, they
1: were awesome i mean that that was like that and then that kind of circumvented into it started as a niche thing you know doing the review the scorpion king and you know doing the bit at 711 product integration plus i got a Knicks jersey to give to gold dust so i can keep it afterwards that's how <laughs> of it course, you know yeah. um, <laughs> But then it like you know actually turned into a, a real storyline with the NWO and you know they want Booker they don't want Goldust you know it became a real thing because and that's the thing I think Vince was trying to do when he split the brands is you can't get into your comfort zone too much yeah. you've got to take on new challenges oh and that's
0: exactly why he had you go and wrong yeah SmackDown because he knew that you felt comfortable with those other guys totally you know totally and you know
1: better off for it.
0: What about somebody like um, like you're talking about Steve Blackman? Yeah. A guy who didn't have a lot of personality, but yet you worked with him and had some tremendous segments. Thanks. Almost I, at, uh, in spite of it, where I don't think he really understood either way.
1: No. You know? I, I, don't, I don't think so either, but it was, I mean, that was literally the first thing I sunk my teeth into was those Al Snows. Do you Steve just Blackman, look
0: through and, and see, see these guys, I want to work with them because I can have some fun with this?
1: I mean, I got along great with Al, to, a, to the point where, probably to Al's detriment, because, and this is a mistake a lot of young writers make starting out, which is you know, you become friends with someone, you attach themselves, and then you're pitching them to the point of, all right, we get it. You like this guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Enough already. Right. Yeah. And I was doing that, I think, at the very beginning, you know, with, with Al, probably, but. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember where the idea was to team them up. I know it was definitely Vince's idea for Booker and Goldust. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think personally, Booker T is might be one of the most entertaining people who's ever lived in this company.
0: I I would agree with you on that
1: He's, because he, he could do everything. Everything. Yeah, he could be serious. He could be. You know, how many? You know, the King of the Ring is like a almost. Like, a, it's a a mixed blessing because we still kind of, in my opinion, live in this antiquated, you know, universe where, oh, I'm the king. Well, I have to go get my Party City USA $5 crown and cape and walk around with a scepter and and stuff.
0: Wade Barrett was the last king and had to do just that. Yeah.
1: But Booker took that and...
0: Shitty English accent. Oh, my
1: God. It was so entertaining, though. Yeah. And it's like, hey, man, what's this word? Um it's uh, uh, Balderdash. Oh, cool. Balderdash! Balderdash, I say! <laughs> it's like, this is so awesome. <laughs> what, what about, uh,
0: just the, the reason why I asked you about Blackman, is one of my favorite stories is when, because you had Blackman going out on the street and doing, like, bits in the field to where he actually went and did a uh,
1: uh, uh, stand-up. We did stand-up comedy at an old folks' home, and they didn't realize that this was supposed to be intentionally bad.
0: So, 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 what, so what what was the concept of it? Like, why was Blackman telling jokes at an old folks home?
1: Oh, my God. The, the concept was – and the, by the way, this was great because this was during the time – and again, I don't know if it's great, but it's gr- it was great for me because it was like nothing was approved, nothing was written ahead of time. It was like, hey, Vince, I'd love to take Steve and Al to an old folks home. And the concept is Al is trying to get personality out of Steve, so that he's going to make yeah. him a stand-up comic with these intentionally horrible jokes. right? And we're going to – Just not even smarten up the old folks to this except for one who will you know yell at him and she didn't get his name right either so like steve would be like what is the deal with airline food i haven't experienced peanuts that bad since charles schultz was still alive (laughs) horrible and then we would have her like say all right now say you stink black man you stink black man (laughs) <laughs> and all the other people the other old folks in the in the place thought that the heckler was ruining the take so they would go, stop he's good <laughs> and then i'd have to stop it and redo it again but it was you know it was just it yeah was, it was just having fun you know mm-hmm. with the talents and everything um
0: but see that that's kind of the crux of, of the WWE, and sometimes fans still get mad about this but vince as much as he believes in the wrestling product, also is very adamant about the entertainment aspect. Yeah, he, maybe even more so sometimes, and it's been that way since he took over. I can remember Saturday Night's main event of sure. Purple Cursor going doing the zip line into the pool, and you know all that sort of stuff. It's the funny yeah. part of it, and that's kind of a lot of what he wants.
1: Well, that was a big, big like constant argument that I would get in in, in the production meetings and stuff like that certain sections of the uh you know of, of the producers and you know others you know the whole funny don't equal money type of stuff mm-hmm. which you know my take on it well especially like let us use edge and christian as an example um, you know it was like they're not they're never going to be main eventers if they're playing kazoo's and you know doing these stupid things right but my point is like well these characters won't be main eventers but before they were doing this they were mutes. I mean, like Edge was literally like I think one of his nicknames was, was "silent rage," uh-huh. and it well, originally was pitched as being a mute. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. literally. Um, yeah. and and Christian was you know a a a vampire sidekick and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So you know this type of stuff is yes, no one's saying you know that. Kazoo, Edge, and Christian should be headlining WrestleMania in a singles match. But what you are doing, in my opinion anyways, is giving them confidence and giving them you know, kind of like this air of, hey, I can do this. And if you're
0: looking at the roster of the company, maybe it was Austin and Rock, or or Rock and Triple H being the serious guys. Sure. So in the variety show atmosphere, those guys were perfect at the time playing the comedy stuff.
1: Exactly. And it was was really an example of no one being wrong. Because, yeah, you know, they shouldn't be... You know goofy idiots if they're going to be that but i I don't know if edge would be the rated r superstar um who you know ultimate opportunist if he didn't have the chops and the uh and the confidence and the That's confidence and experience yep. of doing all that other stuff mm-hmm. and you know and ultimately too, when they were heels, you know uh You know, it went beyond the cheap heat type of stuff. I mean, they would in within the confines of the matches. um, Obviously, a lot of people respected you know the bumps that they took and the risks that they took and everything else. But you know, they got their heat. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Mm -hmm. concerto and you know all that type of stuff. Um, You know, and that was the balancing act to be able to have your entertainment and your fun, but also you know, like you said, save the serious stuff for the serious stuff, and at the same time same time you just here's the thing you like that's another like critique I know that a lot of writers get um, in terms of like you know you're putting you're putting these talents in positions to, to fail because they're not actors and you're you know giving them right type of this type of stuff where and and you know that's a very valid criticism but at the same time too it's like mm-hmm. you never you just don't know until you give them a shot it's like if if, if you know I'll take, take Vicky for example it's like you know she was the assistant to the GM and everyone was like, what, are, what is she doing on, on the air? Like there's, this right. you know, she's just like very stilted in delivery. Not trained, not an no, actress, yeah. totally not. Um, and then little by little is gaining confidence and given more stuff to do. And then she's, you know, generating more heat than practically anyone else in the company. Great point. And, and there are people who you do that with and it, and it flops tremendously too. You just can't, Continue, you know, you have to see the direction of Mm -hmm. where it's going and then be perceptive enough to, you know, not go in that direction anymore. But there's
0: also a lot, too, like you mentioned, um, as far as Vince and the entertainment aspect, and you're putting these people in positions to fail. But there's also other times, I remember a bunch of times with you and I being involved where we were given tasks where maybe other people would have failed, but I think Vince gave us these tasks because he knew we would make it good by hook or by crook.
1: Yeah, well, you know, you know, Vince loves apes. <laughs> I wouldn't even go on there. It was
0: great, perfect segue. Let's tell the story about the apes. And, and I don't even—I don't even really remember how it came about. But
1: we, no, we had a—I mean, we had a—you uh, know—we had a lot of times we have these product integration stuff. They yeah, have movies, movies, or, commercials. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, Fast food or yeah. Natty's eating a Subway sandwich for some reason. <laughs> exactly, um, and. This one was, yeah, we're doing the the Wahlberg Planet of the Apes movie in 2001. And it's like you. It's like Curse of the Good Worker, Curse of the... are like, you know what? we Universal is... I think it was Universal is going to supply us apes for in the Anaheim. night in Anaheim. Let's just do something with Jericho and apes. And I remember because, you know, as, as the writer, you know, you call the talents ahead of time, even if you're not giving them the actual, you know, promo ahead of time. You're what are we letting, doing this week? Yeah. What yeah. are we doing this week? And is it, you know... Like who who am I working with? Like am I you know the the greatest thing? You know it's like the uh, <laughs> the levels of I'm uh, going to defeat Triple H and win the title in uh, you know Penn State or wherever that was. Yeah. And then the other side of it is yes, you are going to be interacting with uh, apes. I remember you said I was like what? And like you're he, like Vince loves apes. He does, does. He really love apes. I think he loves apes. Yeah. I, I believe I believe he's like yeah apes are great. Jericho will be great with them. You figure this stuff out.
0: That's what he, that's what he always says. I just book the stuff yeah. you figure it
1: out. Yeah. And so, yeah, we did something with you and Stephanie. And- well, that's
0: what we said. Cause remember you called me. Okay. Cause you didn't have any ideas when you first called me.
1: No. He why said, start now?
0: Right. Right. We got to figure this out with apes and you like, and I first like, what do we, what? Okay. So we have to have the apes. And I think at the go-to at the time was, well, Stephanie, mm-hmm. we have to do something with Stephanie. Yeah. Bring her down. But what are we going to do?
1: Yeah, that's yeah when we brought out the apes. And the apes, of course, are holding a cake. Or... Yeah, because why wouldn't they be?
0: <laughs>
1: or, or, or Apes got to eat, too.
0: A, 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 apes have sweet tooth as Yeah, well. I think the, the was is just like, once again, like, okay, well, what can we do here? Well, maybe we bring a cake down. And then, of course, everyone knows in wrestling, there's never been a cake no. that didn't have somebody's face end up <laughs> in it. So I think it was... Talking about Stephanie McMahon and how, you know, I I have a cake for her and this is paraphrasing, but it's like a cake for you, a cake for you for being like the biggest slut of all time. And because you've banged every, and these are real words that we're using. You can yeah. never say that now.
1: No. I mean, and, and probably for good reason. But
0: Yeah. But the time, it was the Attitude Era. And it's like, because you've banged every man, woman, and hermaphrodite mm-hmm. in the world today, we had to go to another
1: planet oh, that's right. to find
0: you new conquests. I had
1: forgotten all this, too. I wouldn't have brought but it up. The it planet was, of the apes. I realized it was this horrible, misogynistic <laughs> promo. <laughs> um, Terrible.
0: And that's one thing about Stephanie. She took it great. Oh, my God. She was so good at playing
1: that part. Oh, it's natural. There's no rules. And, and you know what? Steph, too, to use the Vicky example, you know, when she was first starting as, you know, kind of like this, you know, innocent, innocent yeah. you know, um, just uh, she's the good one, you yeah. know, that type of thing. And then, you know, that one look of that heel turn in December when she, you know, sided with Triple H and everything. And those two, you know, she had that inside of her. Yeah. And those I mean, the chemistry with Hunter and Steph, it's like, obviously, they're real life married couples in on the screen who don't have, you know, right. movies who don't have the same chemistry that they have. Mm-hmm. It's great. But, you know, like talking about for me, and I know this is, just, you know, thinking about the apes and, and, you know, the old people's home and everything <laughs> yeah. else like that. Like for me, the most rewarding thing that like that I would do, like I always when people ask, like, what is what's the most what's the angle you're proudest of?
0: Mm, good question. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Um, I'll take it from here, Chris. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's it's you, Sean, and um, oh, that angle.
0: I thought about that earlier when we were talking, and thank. You. I'm glad you brought that up.
1: Yeah, because there's there's no comedy in that no. at all, and that's you know, and that was a real actual money drawing angle of which you know yes. there are obviously many that have, you know I've worked on and everything, but you know to be able to, I mean. Th- Especially with Sean because, you know, I wasn't, you know, ever really, you know, close with Sean and everything, you know, and and Sean wasn't an active participant. You know, he had come back in 2002 at SummerSlam and everything. I'd already been there for a few years and everything. So it was, you know, meeting, kind of introducing myself and proving myself all over again. Um, And then, you know, to be able to, again, and this is – and I wish the, like, time constraints of the three-hour show and everything else like that could, you know – emerge again so that we could do this because a lot of it was just you know sitting down at TV right and and us three mapping it out not only this week but next week, next week There right, are some yes. days where I'd give you guys a promo and you'd be like hey this is great let's just do this basically yeah. with a few tweaks and there are some days we'd take this and be like and then you guys just wrote the entire thing
0: you know what I loved about that too and people say like what's your favorite match and I will say Nine times out of ten was the latter match that we had, Sean and I, in Portland mm-hmm. uh, for the world title. Now, it's not just because of the match and it was a great match. It's because of the road that took us there after seven months yeah. to be fighting for the world title in the main event of a pay-per-view in the culmination of a storyline that was supposed to be one night. Yeah. Remember, yeah, I do. Was, he was going to turn on. I was going to uh, screw up the the match between Sean and Batista. Mm-hmm. Turn on Sean, and then we we're going to have one pay per view match, and that was going
1: to be the end of well, it. Well, I mean, I mean, I don't know if this is the case or not, but I mean, are you and AJ always supposed to be this no, long. And it seems like even, the same no. thing.
0: It's, it, it's another an organic story that unfolds. Yeah, and you've got way more than you thought you had just because of the chemistry and the combination.
1: Yeah, with the actual. Talent right. Invested in. Yeah, yeah. And AJ's is a little bit less
0: story driven, but I remember you, me, and Sean every week sitting down, and sometimes Hayes was in there too, mm-hmm. and just, okay, what do we got this week? What do you want to do? Yeah. You know, and I love the SummerSlam idea that Sean had. We were supposed to end up at, send off this, this the, 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 the feud at SummerSlam. I remember Sean going, it's not right. We got Edge versus Undertaker. We've got, you know Triple H versus whoever. He goes, we're going to be third, fourth, fifth down the card at best, and this thing's going to be done in 10, 15 minutes. He says, it's better than that. And came up with the idea of, and that's his retirement, and that's when I punched his wife. But you were heavily involved in that part as well. Yeah. You know?
1: You know, it was just whenever, and I really, I don't know if it's the case anymore. I'm sure it is in some cases. But whenever... I am the most against the idea of the here's your piece of paper now go Mm -hmm, philosophy mm -hmm. of of doing this stuff because it's always the best, whether, you know, me working, you know, with with Rock on Stuff and, you know, with with Kurt or, you know, Booker, anybody, it's just that sitting down Mm -hmm. and throwing this out, throwing that out, throwing this out, throwing that out and, and being able to craft something and then, you know, have it actually manifests itself as yeah. it's something that the fans are into it's you know that's that's the best way to do Sure stuff. it
0: is and it's funny too because after you left there was a big uh, dearth of, of guys that could write funny lines. Mm-hmm. I still sometimes will text you from time to time, I yeah. need something funny for this, but you always had the Gortz classics like, oh, you're a combination, you're the love child of <laughs> Mr. T and you know, Viscera or whatever it would be, <laughs> those type of things. Yes, you right, know, you're like a 100% grade A, you know, moose piss or something
1: like yeah, that. Yes, lines. moose piss is my milieu, so to speak. <laughs> and is that how it works with
0: rock even to this day? Because you are now like, I, I, I could be paraphrasing this but you're basically rock's personal writer whenever he does anything in wrestling or outside of wrestling
1: well yeah i mean look we always always had a great working relationship and i always wanted to do you know again going back to the you know the 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 kind of the wwe bubble in terms of how much you can do right i always you know kind of always wanted to do more Mm -hmm. um and you know, it just so happened, like, you know, right around the time, 2012, uh, Rock, um, you know, started his production company, Seven Bucks Productions, mm. with, uh, with with Danny. And they, you know, are expanding and, you know, benevolent world domination, you know, mm-hmm. is kind of the uh, mantra and everything. And it was an opportunity to, like, now work on stuff beyond the wrestling world. Sure, um, of course. You know, yeah. TV shows, nonfiction, fiction, scripted, unscripted, what have you, and be able to, you know, develop stuff, uh, pitch stuff, um, take stuff and, you know, kind of like what uh, microcosm, a little bit of, you know, me, you and Sean is being able to take Mm -hmm, stuff mm -hmm. with other producers and writers and, you know, expand it and then, you know, hopefully sell it to networks and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm SVP of development now for seven bucks, bucks. which is, you know, it's just it's just awesome. But when Rock
0: like presents at the Oscars, Mm -hmm. you're writing his stuff.
1: No, I mean it's it's the same formula of of you know at WWE is you know I'll send him an email. so you're you working with him. Yes, exactly. No matter
0: what he's doing, you're working with him, like hosting the MTV Awards or whatever it may Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, myself and, and, and Hiram Garcia, we're we're like the team. Like gotcha. The, uh, and, and you know, Rock and Daniel, like this uh, you know. Team working on all this type of stuff, you know. Obviously, when he's doing movies and everything, you know, that's I'm not coming no, in. And, but the live hosting, yeah, the Conan. live hosting stuff, and obviously the WWE stuff too. I mean, um, were, were you involved with him when he did
0: *Saturday Night Live*? Like, all the times or the first time?
1: The first time Tommy was there. Okay, I was still like very, very new, and Tommy, you know, had worked at Conan for all those years, so he was the. Uh, Re- liaison there mm-hmm. um last year though when he was hosting that was the craziest time I and mean, he hosted snl um you know he, always you know very encouraging to like you know pitch ideas and come up with stuff and yeah we pitched i mean i we pitched this idea of um the promo segment you know with him and bobby Moynihan. Be playing
0: like an old-time wrestler or
1: something yeah or, but yeah. the idea of like you know taking a typical wrestling promo and just saying really really personal like you know like what oh i don't know. i mean it was like you know this guy's got herpes you know brother well that something. type yeah, of thing yeah. you know and and then you know we pitched it to the SNL writers and then they you know they took it and crafted it and and you know it turned into something i thought was just awesome it was great
0: yeah, uh, yeah it, was, it was his best one. It was, it was the just... Whole, the whole show.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I was, of course, you know, typical me. I was, like, convinced it was going to get cut and never make it, <laughs> it as a nervous wreck. I took a picture of it on the monitor during the run-through because I'm like, all right, I have at least proof that this made it this far. Because that's how it works. You do the
0: dress rehearsal, and then if Lauren doesn't like a sketch, a yeah. sketch he'll just cut it before the dress rehearsal on the live performance, right? Yeah,
1: and, and it was, like, you know, one of the last ones uh, to go on the dress rehearsal, and then, you know, post-meeting, I looked down at the spot, where it was and it was gone, and I'm like, oh, I guess it's cut. I can't believe it, but it was. And then, like, I kept. I looked up. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. It's the first sketch after the commercial break. Nice. Yeah, it was. Right. It was really, really cool. You know, just to be able to, you know, kind of contribute in part and, of that. Yeah. yeah, and and again, you know, to be actually, we actually went up to the SNL writers' room and and pitched it to them and then watch the process of everyone throwing out jokes and watching you know the head writer you know come up with that great twist at the end of it i mean it was just really, you, really was there
0: fun. some do you find some similarities between snl and wwe
1: sure yeah, yeah, yeah. I find there's a lot of those yeah you know the, the one man in charge yeah. the you know constant philosophy of you know it's not it doesn't go on the air because it's ready it goes on the air because it's 11.30, you know, or 8 p.m. in our case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, stuff getting cut, stuff getting switched around, you know.
0: Based on the whims of how Lauren slash Vince is feeling.
1: Yeah, and, and and certain, you know, might be, you know, certain talents, you know, are they being used enough and wanting to get a push, mm-hmm. you know, um, and all that type of thing. People
0: leaving when they get on top, so they have to bring someone else in yeah,
1: to get them over. There's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of similarities between the two. And then... Was-
0: was there ever anything that? Uh, sorry, interrupted. Was there anything yeah. that you that you pitched pitch to Vince that you knew would be great, but he never he never bought it? You know, because it was there's a lot of changing of the mind, in Vince. Like sometimes I'll pitch something to Vince that I know is
1: golden, yeah,
0: and he'll just completely shut me down. i will be like
1: tattoo I, stuff.
0: Well, yeah, that's right. The tattoo stuff. Yeah, with CM Punk,
1: with you and Punk. Yeah,
0: yeah, I was going to actually give him a tattoo. Yeah. of my initials. Right. Which Vince agreed to, and then suddenly didn't agree to. Were you privy to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't remember exactly. I think, you know, the idea of there might be blood and, you know, and and, and the process isn't going to be. I know there was a big, you know, disagreement that you had as far as like, is tattooing another man's initials when he has a ton of tattoos all that big a deal, which… Of course it is. Vince, it's not yours
0: to Vince who doesn't have tattoos. What's yeah. the big deal? He's got a thousand tattoos already. But like you said, if you have like 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 I said, like if you're a a, a, a prostitute. And somebody rapes you, is that okay? Well, she's a prostitute anyways. What difference does it make? You know, if you have a thousand tattoos and I add
1: my tattoo to you, of
0: course it's an insult.
1: Yes, it's a very dark analogy for a okay. <laughs> failed wrestling, wrestling angle. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's the same concept. Right, right,
0: right. right. That's what that, that was furious because that was the whole crux yeah. of, the, of
1: the angle to take it to another place. I'm sure there are. I'm sure, uh, you know, I don't... Yeah. I really, like... I honestly don't even remember off the top of my head anything, but I do what I do remember, which, you know, I look back on and just kind of just shake my head a little bit is just how at the time, you know, just personally invest, you know, just, not say angry, but just like passionate and upset, and like, no, this has to be this way. This angle has to go this way. And it's like two weeks later, no one even remembers what it is you're arguing about. Right. It's like, I wish I could go back and just tell myself, you know, just calm the hell down. Okay. It's not life and death. Mm-hmm. There are no credits at the end of this thing. No, you know, it's not like you're going to get nominated, you know, for an award. And it's like, uh, if, I, if this angle goes through, it's like, you got to. Like I like my first WrestleMania was WrestleMania 2000 working. Um, I, Anaheim, yeah. I remember arguing so much in the meeting with Vince. I actually went back to his hotel room to apologize mm-hmm. because it, like, as I was like, Yeah, I can't believe he doesn't want to do this. And then I got in my room and I shut the door. I'm like, I've been in the business for about five months <laughs> yeah. and I'm arguing with Vince McMahon right. about angles at WrestleMania. Yeah, you the
0: architect an, of yeah, the whole business. You yeah. are an idiot.
1: Um, And then, you know, I went back, I apologized, and he was like, you know, I love it when you speak up, you know, and that type of thing. And then later I was told, yeah, don't do that anymore.
0: But I probably, I'm sure you appreciated your passion, though.
1: Yeah, no, we did. I mean, that was that's that's the difference now between a writer starting now and the and, and when I started. Mm-hmm. is like when I started you You had no you were just you know into the f- fire you had no you know uh nowhere to duck and cover you you know you had to live on your ideas and your pitch presentation on a weekly basis do, on a weekly basis because you're in the hotel suite at 7.30 a.m. With a blank sheet of paper to write Smackdown um, yeah. <laughs> Versus you know now This kind of there's a layers There's several layers before Vince even knows your name mm-hmm. you know And it's just the way the company's evolved and everything It's you know not good it's not bad it's just the way it is
0: Let's talk about uh, we went through the phase of having you know We talked about SNL we had the guest hosts of the week Yeah um, Which was probably a year Maybe yeah a long time
1: it, it felt like six years. <laughs> yeah.
0: How was that writing for, you know, because I, I, once again, you and I, I was put in the ring with you those You were guys always probably the go-to guy. Probably four out of five times. Yeah. I put Jericho in there with them. Yeah. Every week I was in there with some of the greatest in the world and some of the worst.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the, the idea of that, you know, like many ideas in, in, in the wrestling world, it stemmed from something good. It stemmed from something of, and and, it, and I think it still applies now, which is the heel authority figure dynamic is passe. It's been done to death. Right. How, how can we shake things up a little bit? And so then, you know, the idea was, well, maybe we have a different legend each week, you know, being the GM. And then that evolved to, well, you know, why don't we get a different new celebrity just like SNL? Like, SNL, only better. Whenever there's that, we're like this, only better. Like, the last time I think it was, like, SNL, only better, it resulted in the Mark Henry cologne skit, which, if you, if you haven't seen that, yeah, YouTube it up. Was and it,
0: like, one of the mock commercials or something? Yeah, yeah it right, was. Right, right.
1: Uh, um, the less said, the better. Yeah, but, okay, yeah. um yeah. You know, so that, you know, that started the, the trend of the guest host thing, um, which, as you know, some great, some not... The, the, yes. the, it was it was a very 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 trying experience though because as the writer you needed to get on first you had to have a phone call with the publicist of the celebrity and then they would the, the worst thing that would happen and it's happened a lot actually is the publicist would say this celebrity wants to do this idea and you'd be like well I don't know if it will go like it would be something that would not do you fit. have an example or well like, like all right well like Jeremy Pavin, for example you know, it was pitched to us as, you know, he wanted to wear a Ric Flair robe. Um and I don't know if there was a wig or not, but it was like, okay, um and then that's not if even it was a, Jeremy
0: Piven, there was a wig
1: <laughs> Well
0: <laughs> How are you? <ya? laughs>
1: Go ahead. But it was, you know, and that's not in and of itself a terrible idea, but you know, it was just within the context of the idea, um It's taking the piss out of
0: wrestling on our own show. Yeah.
1: yeah. So yeah, it was kind of like and that's what we always want to do because, you know, wrestling still to this day in Hollywood, it's always, you know, despite how much it's evolved and despite how intricate the storylines are. To an average Hollywood, you know, show, it's Mongo the Destroyer, yeah. you know, and that type yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's
0: still the redheaded stepchild of the entertainment business. Yeah. I say that all the time.
1: Right. So you get a pitch of, okay, I want to do that. Uh, I've got to pitch this to Vince. I know he's not going to go for it, but we've got to try to somehow make it work. And you kind of do cartwheels to make it work and just to appease the host. And then you come back and pitch them like, okay, here's what we got. And then uh, so often it would be like the publicist or who, or the agent or whoever it is would be like, we like everything except this one thing is awful and there's no way we're going to do it. And that's the idea they pitched us to begin with. Oh. <laughs> like, uh, but, you know, there were obviously some great hosts. Yes. Um, I don't even know if you know, um, and I don't, you know, don't want to get anyone in trouble here, but... Um, <laughs> but... But we will. No, it, it's not in trouble. It, it's just um Mike Tyson hosted.
0: Okay, but first of all, my top three... Yeah. Uh, ...was Bob Barker. Bob
1: Barker was awesome. Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy was great. And Tyson.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know what you're alluding to, but at least on screen, what we did was great.
1: But... Bob Bar- anyway. Barker... um he called me and Dave uh, Kapoor into his hotel to go over the show. We didn't know he was going to do that. He was in Chicago late at night. He's in his silk pajamas. (laughs) He's got his manager who is, I think older than Bob was at the time. Henri. Yeah. Henry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Henry. And and we're going over it and it's like, you know, again, it's like, Oh, well, you know, the plug for the book, we have it as a, As a dot-com thing So we got it there He's like I don't want it on the internet I want it on the show (laughs) Like uh uh-oh We're not getting by Nothing's going by Bob But I had actually Because I was a huge fan of his Actually read his biography Before meeting with him So I'm quoting Like oh Like when you trained With Chuck Norris And became (laughs) Like oh You read Priceless Memories Would you boys like some wine? (laughs) (laughs) I thought uh, Chicago,
0: notorious for being an, like a, a, the best crowd, the best crowd. but yeah. Also being very, they like what they like and they don't like what they don't like. Sure. And I remember thinking to myself, I might have even told you, I said, he's going to get destroyed out there like Bob Barker. And I'll tell you what, he had that crowd in the palm of his hand from the moment he walked out on stage. That was stage.
1: my favorite guest host episode.
0: I I, I That was my favorite thing because at the yeah. time... I remember I was the, I had no country for old men, no yeah. humor, the biggest rat bastard. And you were pitching this. And I remember saying, Brian, this is comedy. And you're like, it's okay. You haven't done comedy in a year. And I was so, like, not into it. And then you finally said, you know, you got to do this. It's going to be great, whatever you said. And then that's when I went all in. Okay, I'll put the name tag on my
1: naked chest right but you're you know. not acting funny within the context of the
0: that's yeah. right i was just angry you're just staring i <laughs> mean yeah. he's angry. improving like oh look at this he knows his <laughs> yeah, name now and right. that
1: type of thing that's right so yeah i mean that's that's the key is like there could be you know the best comedy is not when you know i sometimes like i've always had a pet peeve sometimes with Um, You know, in WWE, sometimes comedy, you know, turns into funny noises and sound effects. Right. Sure, sure, sure. Stuff gets affected and all that. And it's like, you know, the best comedy. Like, we have similar comedy tastes and everything, you know, and it's like subtle. And the number one rule when you do groundlings is don't try and be funny. Exactly it's never funny exactly you know how are
0: ya don't do that
1: and if you were looking at Bob all cross-eyed and like you know shaking your fist and everything it would have been
0: horrible yeah it was just straightforward and then I remember a week or two or a month or two afterwards I had to do something uh, when Trish was the guest host yeah and she mentioned Bob Barker and I had to look in the face and go I will take on Barker (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Anytime, any place, anywhere, and I could not get that line. I was laughing so hard. Like now I'm such an asshole. Now I just I want to kick Bob Barker's ass. Yeah, it, it's for real. <laughs> you know. But so talk, talk about the Tyson thing though.
1: So well the Tyson thing. Well, first of all, you know, I mean, I spent probably I think all of 1987 trying to beat him and punch out. You know, like every <laughs> Mike other <kid>. Tyson's punch out. <laughs> Mike up, Tyson's yeah. punch out. Right. Yes. Um, and you know, so he was there. Very, you know, he's a huge fan. Super respectful. I Super remember. respectful. Yeah. yeah, and and up for anything. And he was supposed he's supposed to hit you. That was the culmination. Yes, as as these things often turned into at the time. Right. Um. And so. <laughs> so. Like, at some point, because again, it's like crazy running around. it's like Larry Sanders' Muppet Show. It's like just crazy backstage. <laughs> and one of the writers came up to me and it's like, "Hey, um, I don't know if you know this, but Mike, uh, Mike Tyson, he kind of needed to take the edge off a little bit, oh my God, and he, kidding me. He, he didn't want to do it in his dressing room, you, know, with his family there, so I, uh, I took him. I'm like, "Where'd you take him?" I took him, and literally, as I'm opening the door to the writer's room, I took him to the writer's room, like, "You what?" And then I see Mike Tyson sitting in our room. He's sitting like John Candy on the top of the tank and Splash, just <laughs> kind of like hanging out with his legs dangling and you're like, "Hey, you don't mind if I uh, hang out in here, do you? <laughs> take the edge off a little bit." Like,
0: are we taking the edge off with like with some uh, with some smoking materials. Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> oh my God! Hey, listen, I was the guy who had to stand there
1: <laughs> and take the punch. Yeah, I know. Now, are you telling me this? I've never heard this before. In hindsight, I probably should have uh, buzzed you on Ed's that. It's but... better
0: that you didn't because let me tell you something, Buzz. No pun intended. Yeah. I remember thinking, when, and I've been I've been chasing Mike down for this show, and yeah. I'll get him, and when I do, I'll tell the same <laughs> story. I remember thinking, because the idea was he was teaming with uh, with me. We were against DX. He ends up turning on me. He takes, right. takes off his shirt. He's got a DX shirt on. I turn around. I see him. Please don't, Mike. I put my hands up, and he decks me. And I remember my, his cue was, when I put my hands up in the air, that's when you throw a punch. Now, when I started to put my hands up in the air, freeze frame, Twilight Zone style, and I'm like, I am the most insane, craziest person on the planet right now because I'm about to let Iron Mike Tyson take a swing at me, hoping that he doesn't hit me. And I don't know. Maybe he doesn't like me. Maybe he's drunk. Maybe he's high. Maybe he's high. (laughs) (laughs) And he came through. So anyways.
1: No. uh, And... Then on t- on top of that, oh this doesn't really affect you at all. I just found oh, it really man. really funny. You know, I had this Mike Tyson picture with him and Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden. I'm a huge Mets fan, so I had it. I got him to autograph it. I thanked him, and I also, while I was at it, they had a bunch of boxing gloves around. I got Mike Tyson to autograph a boxing glove too. So at that point, there was a writer, very very short lived writer. I think he, I mean, he was just like Nordberg in in naked. He like injured himself putting his luggage in his car once. He like he looked like my rabbi is like very like, but he had a 1985 pristine mint condition Wrestling USA magazine with Hulk Hogan and Mike Tyson on the cover that he's had and his parents basement for like 30 years yeah and he like pulls it out of the sleeve with a sharpie and he's like and i mr tyson would like to present this for you to sign for me and then mike just goes oh my god wrestling usa i've been looking all over for this you don't mind if i take this do you okay great thanks everybody bye (laughs) (laughs) and the poor guy is just standing there crestfallen. he's had this magazine for years and, like, a little part of me was like, you know, should I give him my glove just as a, like, <laughs> yeah. and like no, I'm not yeah, going to do that.
0: And two weeks later, he was gone anyway. Yeah, yeah, two weeks
1: later, he was gone anyway. But, yeah, Mike has that magazine now, so it all worked out.
0: <laughs> who was uh, who's uh, like some of the worst guest
1: hosts? Well, you know who the worst it, guest hosts was. It's, it's the same laundry Al list. Sharpton. Yeah, Terrible. I wasn't at that show.
0: The NASCAR guys. The NASCAR guys. Kyle something or other. And
1: Joey Logano Charlie and Kyle Busch, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, it's it's the same thing. It's, it's the analogy with the guest host as it is with, with the writers on the show, too, for the most part, which is those that are into it and are fans right. and are passionate about it. Great point. Get a great performance. Yeah. Those, you know, there, there are occasionally some, and that's a big misnomer, too, about the hiring process is, oh, you don't want fans. No, 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 no. You don't want, like, crazy you know, internet, internet yeah. fans who are going to be, you know, spilling their guts, you know, the second they leave the company. But you want people who are familiar, obviously, with the show and are fans product. of it. yeah. yeah. It's Absolutely. the same thing with guest hosts. Like, you go down the line, everybody who was good respected the business and also was a right. fan of it in some and way jackman seth green
0: yeah. barker easy top all those guys appreciated what we do aussie yeah. you know exactly Ozzy, actually here's a funny story just to show uh we had a, a a live event in fort myers last february so a year ago and it was just you know it's a, it's a little town show up there yeah. i had my kids with me because i took a little road trip with them and one of the dudes that's our production guy goes oh yeah Ozzy's here today I'm like what because yeah, Ozzy's coming. What are you talking about? Ozzy has a house in Fort Myers. Heard wrestling was in town. Came by himself with his glasses on and his hat, uh, his hair under his hat. Sat down and watched the first four matches and split. <laughs> and no one knew it was him. That's great. And, yeah, he just came to the show. He just wanted to see some wrestling. Yeah. So yeah, but a fan once again. Yeah. But it's the guys that weren't fans that were just there because their publicist told them to be
1: there. Yeah, and or they're plugging something. And, yeah. You know, and that type of thing. And then you know, obviously that. It ran its course, um, but it's, it's also, you know, it's just <laughs> – there's, there's sometimes, you know, believe it or not, we tend to run things into the ground after a <laughs> <Yeah>. while.
0: <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. As, as we're winding down, i, I got to hear the story. So you call me the one time. We're in Winnipeg for RAW, yeah. And I'm like, I remember Benoit was the champion, and I'm thinking this is a no-brainer. I'm going to have a title match, Jericho <laughs> versus Benoit in Winnipeg. I mean, we'll tear the freaking house down. It's got to be that. And you call me, say, "Here's what we're going to do," and I'm like, "Is it the Jericho Benoit?" He's like, "No, no, no, no. What's it going to be? Uh, you'll be doing a musical chairs competition." Yes. And I was like, "What? <laughs> Please."
1: <laughs> well, you know, Eugene at the time was the guest GM. Yeah, Eugene was hot at the time too. Wasn't well, it? speaking of like running things, you know, into the ground, it's like <laughs> Eugene was you know at first everyone was like oh my god what are they doing you know and nick dinsmore was you know mentally handicapped
0: great. wrestler yeah basically yeah yeah
1: but was a savant because all he did was like sit in his basement and watch all the matches and so he could mirror them to perfection was right like and you're angle. right
0: nick dinsmore did play that yeah and well. and yeah.
1: regal you know was who's again i think also one of the most underrated
0: and one performers. and one of your favorite guys to work with as well oh
1: absolutely
0: who, who- <laughs> right regal and tajiri a tag team and we're in new york city and i have to get a tag team partner it was me I, you have to get a tag team. he's in regal's the gm and you won't remember this but you want to tell you who's going to be your partner the phantom of the opera <laughs> 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 <There were Tajiri. laughs>
1: yeah, oh my god the, I, I forgot about i forgot about that, so that great like, great great team great of, team of, yeah. and also you know <laughs> truly unafraid to get heat in any in yeah, any anything. way, shape, Dr- or form. Drinking
0: uh, t- t- uh, tea that I pissed in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the, like all well, that, and, you know, during, like, the un-American angle, you know, he would have, there was nothing he wouldn't oh, have done.
0: Right. Yeah. On a serious
1: side. On, a, yeah, routine, on a serious yeah, yeah, yeah. side because he's an old-school villain. Yeah. I mean, he takes pride in it. And he's awesome. But, yeah. like, uh, um, So Eugene was Oh, gonna, yeah, sorry. <laughs> manager. It's okay. Eugene, well, no, you know, Eugene was, you know, it took off and, you know, I, at the time, they were like, we used to have to do uh, – we used to have to go to live – not have to, but we would go to live events to kind of just experience, like, you know, the live event crowd versus, uh, you know, see what's getting over and what have you. And we went to one, and Eugene was on the show three different times during the show. I mean, I remember going to the producers afterwards going, oh, my – this is too much. <laughs> too it, much it's, Eugene. It's too much Eugene. We guess we got a great new character and everything, <laughs> but it's – and, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but I got one point – I took a 3-month sabbatical and wrote Eugene the movie <laughs> yeah. which I think was really good. It was going to be the first like it was like a prequel to him how he entered, you know, and of course, you know, we just threw out the whole he's Bischoff's nephew thing. Mm-hmm. Um and it was uh, it was like a peewee's big adventure type of thing with yeah, right. but it was the only because at the time every wwe film at the time was like there's a biker and he's out of prison and yeah, his wife yeah, gets yeah. kidnapped and he's got to go so, just
0: avenge the wrongs that yeah like to his literally family. every
1: single one yeah. of them so you know this thing you know vince was into he was going to be a character in it like everyone playing themselves and that's why i thought that it would be like wow this is like something for the actual wwe audience to uh And, 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 you know, they were totally accommodating. They let me write it. Um, I I finally finished the first draft of it. And it was when Nick was hurt and Eugene came back to wrestle Kurt Angle at SummerSlam um, in in Washington. And I'm like, oh, boy, it's my boy. Here we go. And he got booed out of the building. they hated him something uh, a switch like yeah we get the joke already we hate you now
0: it's running to the ground it's running
1: to the ground and it was like yeah we can't make a movie with a character that you know i remember
0: you were thinking at one point like it was like maybe we can change it to where he's really an evil genius and he was just working everybody he's not really mentally handicapped he was just playing well
1: that's a terrible idea so i very well might have thought that (laughs) i don't i don't remember
0: but uh, one more quickly segue give me the candace michelle idea
1: oh my god i forgot about that quickly well, okay, so I, I never usually do this, but for some reason, I don't know why, I convinced Candace before she started, I said, oh, Candace, this is going to be great. You're going to come in, we're going to do these vignettes, you know, where you're lit and it's this, like, really sexy montage and music. So like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then finally we build you up and everything, and then finally we interview you for the first time, and you, Candace, you're the first diva born without a tongue. <laughs> and she's like, "What?" I'm like, "No, it's great." It's like, "Candice, you know, uh, you're finally involved in WWE, and, and you, you're, you know, what are your, what are your goals?" And then you look in the camera and just go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: people with no tongues of course talk that way yeah they
1: like, talk damn. like <laughs> they talk like the slee stacks from Land of the Lost <laughs> right, right, right. so yeah and she's like oh uh, okay I'm like no no we'll be okay it'll be like Chewbacca eventually we'll understand you based on your cadence and everything and it'll be like really really good and I don't know I don't know why I guess like, I was like cocky at the time I'm, like you know I let Candace think this for a good full day so of TV rib, and though, everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like yeah. Now, now I shall be the river, and uh, <laughs> right. and yeah. And then of course, you know, we told her we shall not be doing that, and never <laughs> were. But for a while, <laughs> like, okay. um, but so, you know, musical chairs. Right. So yeah. You, you know, so the idea would. Be- the idea was that Eugene, because he's Eugene, would determine the next number one contender with musical chairs, which you know pretty much everyone thought was a ridiculously stupid idea. I hated it. Yeah. Told this. And. So- rick Man. was in it and jerry with this was stacy Keibler. this Waller. Was the, yeah jerry was in it. this was the only this is the, i take pride in this this is the only segment on raw that actually in the script i was listed as a producer for okay because yeah. i work with fit yeah and you know obviously he did the physicality and everything but like me and him were working with the okay and then rick takes the seat from stacy <laughs> yeah. and then to jerry with spits into coachman and like all this type of stuff and the coach was in it too. And all a, all the goofballs was in it.
0: Yeah, and like, like, what was not? he like? One of these things is not like the other, right? Yeah. Well,
1: you gotta have someone like like you and Bob Barker who is like completely out of place. Oh yeah, and, like, and
0: also which... somebody that I actually hit with a chair at yeah, some point. Yeah, to that's win, true right, too. Right.
1: And yeah, that ended up. Uh, that's a. I'll, I, I'll tell you what. I'll stand by that. I, I, I'm going to tell you this though, to your credit,
0: I hated it so much because I really wanted to have that Benoit match, and I was like, I was like a uh, like a poo poo face. So stupid. And we went out there and it was a great segment. It was, it was, it was really awesome. great, and it was so it was, the fact it was in Winnipeg I ended up winning at the end. That stupid crowd was cheering as if I did win the world title. yeah, it was it was really well done. And that's when I was like, "You know what? This is like a Chris Rock routine. You could read it on a piece of paper and it's not funny. it's the delivery that makes it great. And having that right collection of people in there, just like the Bob Barker, the Price Is Raw with Mm -hmm. Santino and uh, IRS and Jillian Hall, it was just this great collection of misfits that made it awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, well, you know, everyone knows, you know, like WWE is a, it's not, you know, it's. it's not a writer's medium and it's not a director's medium. It's a performer's medium. For sure, for sure it is. Yeah. And, and you know, you guys are the ones who have to actually go out there and perform it and make it work and make it not work. And, you know, as you are a testament to, and, you know, and, you know, at least from my perspective in terms of writing stuff, you know, rock and, and curtain and pretty much anything like you could, like, I don't think a lot yeah. of this material like that I, you know, scribe, is going to be in the television, you know, <laughs> yeah. Hall of Fame as, yeah. you know, this great, you know, dialogue. It's not exactly, you know, um, you know, it, it's it's not. It's not
0: classic Shakespearean uh, repertoire. Yeah, repertoire.
1: but it's the performance and the commitment and the, you know, the level of uh, just, you know, well, you know what I'm saying. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's commitment. It's, yeah. yeah, it's the performance that, that elevates stuff and could sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. de-elevate it.
0: No, it was great. Well, last question: Who's your favorite uh, '80s WWF character?
1: Well, okay, you know, you. I, th- I think we're we're leaning towards Erwin Arschirer as one <laughs> of those type of things. You Who,
0: always had him in, in as many skits as possible because
1: that was that was uh, hooked me into like like you know it's it's like the heel always has to believe he's actually correct. Yeah, and it's even better when the heel is correct because he would be like. All you tax cheats need to pay your taxes. And a politician saying that today would be cheered at any rally that he's speaking in. Right, at. right. And in yet, the 80s, in the well, in the eighties and, 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 and just any wrestling crowd in general, it's like, "Boo! How dare you suggest <laughs> that tax cheats, i.e., <laughs> us, pay their taxes?" <laughs> yeah. But you know, it was obviously Roddy was my all-time That's favorite. The one, yeah. yeah.
0: Did you get to work with him? I mean, obviously. But-
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, not to you know go on too long here, but like you know, there was you know my uncle. Influenced me a great deal He's a very successful Television writer Taxi Yeah Yeah. Taxi Howard Sanders Yes Larry Uh, Sanders He wrote on Larry Sanders No kidding Yeah Um, Wrote a Simpsons episode Was the showrunner on Wings For many many years Okay so very successful Yeah And and he It's funny Like And I actually got to work with him Write with him On the same show Mm. The esteemed Jenny McCarthy sitcom On NBC Okay Um, But Uh, he always had this one storyline that he'd always have in all of his shows, which is the main characters, you know, Joe on wings, his childhood hero comes in and he's this, you know, disheveled mess. And he's got to redeem him somehow and that type of thing. And I always said to my uncle, like that, that's a fun, you know, episode of a show, but that doesn't happen in real life. (laughs) You never meet your childhood hero and then have to actually work with him. And, you know, and then of course, Roddy comes back and, you know, we. I mean, obviously, he's not a. He wasn't a disheveled or anything yeah, like that. But, but it was.
0: He was a tale of two Roddy. Sometimes he'd be great. Sometimes he'd just be like, "What are you doing?"
1: No, but yeah, and and when you did get him to sink his teeth into something, amazing, amazing, and that was that remember was like some of my proudest moments. Remember
0: with, the promo he cut when with I you. did the thing with the legends? Yeah. yeah. That was maybe his last great promo, Tacoma, Washington.
1: There was one, too, with uh, Cena when it was like Cena was the referee, and are you going to let Barrett win and that type of thing? Yeah. But, you know, I was the, I was the writer assigned to do the uh, Piper's Pit with uh, Austin and Piper at WrestleMania 21. Mm. And it's funny. Like Vince gave me a guideline. It's like, let them let him do what they want. Just please do not have Roddy curse. And like, okay, great. So we all we sit it. We you know me and Steve and Roddy. We talk stuff over. Roddy pitches slapping Steve, and Steve slapping him back, and like really cool moment and everything. Like, like okay, great. These guys are into it. They're going to do it. We're doing the promo. I'm in gorilla position, and Roddy. Like at some point, I'm paraphrasing the promo, but it's like, and if you believe Steve that that's the case, well, that's bullshit, man. Like, (laughs) oh, as he Vince rising from gorilla, like the Legion of Doom, like uh, thing and challenge of the Super Friends. (laughs) Like he turns, he's like. Did you know he was going to say that? Like, no, I didn't know he was going to say that. I'm like, damn it. And throwing the headset down. And then I talked to Roddy. He's like, hey, that was good, kid, huh? That was a pretty good promo. Like, Roddy, it was great. Um, one thing, <laughs> there was one thing, like, remember how we told you not to curse at all in the promo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when well, you kind of screamed bullshit in front of a live pay per view audience, in front of that. Is that really a curse, though, when you think about it? Is that <laughs> you know what he said? Like, yeah, good point, Roddy. I'll, I'll see you at the after party. Dude, it's great talking to you, man. Oh, man, this was so much fun. It was Thank so much you. Fun. Thanks, man.
0: Thanks to Brian Gewirtz for sharing all those amazing stories about his time in WWE. As we talked about, Brian is now working for The Rock and his Seven Bucks production company. Uh, he's one of the executives in, in uh, working with The Rock, and he's also still Rock's personal writer. Whenever you see The Rock hosting a show or whatever, Brian's the guy beyond all those jokes. And hey... Remember, speaking of a guy who worked closely with Brian Gewurz, Mick Foley was one of those guys. And mark your calendars because March 15, 2017, it's going to be the biggest podcast ever when Mick Foley joins Talk is Jericho. The countdown has already begun. 280 days and counting. March fifteenth, two 2017, Mick Foley on the biggest podcast ever so it's going to be one of the greatest shows I can't wait for you to hear and I can't wait for you to hear the rest of the shows that we've got coming up and also I thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for supporting the great Talk as Jericho sponsors we wouldn't be able to do this without you or them and that includes the OG sponsor amazon.com you know the drill use the Talk as Jericho links when you do your online shopping so that you can support your favorite podcast with one click all my Amazon links are at podcast1.com just click on the killer deals button in the top right corner of the page then hit the Talk as Jericho button I got Amazon links for the US USA, UK, Canada, A. Every time you use the Talk is Jericho Amazon links, Amazon kicks back a small percentage to the show to help us cover production costs. You can buy just about anything you can think of on Amazon. And do me a favor. If you use these links, I want you to become a Talk is Jericho Amazon warrior. Make sure that you post whatever you buy uh, on the Twitter at Talk is Jericho. I will retweet it and follow you. Uh, Remember, the the Talk is Jericho Amazon links won't cost you anything extra. No hidden fees, extra charges. Go to podcast1.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the podcast. Then hit the talk is Jericho button. You can also find all the rest of my sponsors at podcast1.com through the killer deals button. You got easy access to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho and the DDP Yoga Now app. It's one of the greatest apps you'll ever have, the best fitness app I've ever checked out. And also don't forget True Car. You can get a brand new car in and out of the dealership in 90 minutes. That was my experience. It's the only way to buy a new car or a used car. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button on iTunes if you haven't already. That way you won't miss any of the great conversations and stories with the guests on this show. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Leave a five star rating and a comment or two. I love reading the comments. Let's get to the topmost of the poppermost. Let's hit number one. You can help me do that. Thank you so much for listening. Keep listening for the 60 second AP News headlines coming up next. Stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs, and just wait Friday my best friend Speewee returns you know how crazy he is waiting to hear about his stories about puberty uh, about almost drowning in a uh, in a lake where his girlfriend was swimming beside him trying to help him out uh, the guy is completely hilarious he's got a brand new song that he's been working on uh, he was on Fargo the TV show Fargo he's got a lot of stories and he's not for everyone uh, and why would he be he's my best friend so you know that we are birds of a feather Speewe makes his full length Talk is Jericho debut this Friday we will see see you then check it out and we'll uh, talk to you soon yeah boy
1: you can download new episodes of talk is jericho every wednesday and
0: friday at Podcast podcast1.com. that's podcastone.com